Well, we've got something special for you in this episode. We're going to be talking about how the church accomplishes the mission. We have guests and our normal host. So with that, welcome to another all-new podcast from C28. Oh, he does that so well. That's a lot of years of practice right there. I've been waiting for this moment. This is episode three, right? Yeah. Well, if you're just listening, you're hearing uh, a lot deeper voices than CJ. So, (laughs) (laughs) right out the gate. Well, you know, (laughs) you're probably wondering who they are. Uh, We have Andrew Lasavio. He's going to be joining us, and uh, and Jack Griffin is joining us because we're going to be talking about the various ways the church engages the world to accomplish the mission of the church, which is what we talked about two weeks ago. Awesome. So uh, with that, can each of you guys take like two, three, talk a little bit about who you are, right? And then, right. And then also um, a little bit why you're here with your, with your, in what ways do you engage the world? Because you sent me a text and said, hey, do you want to come? Yeah, that podcast? is true. <laughs> or are you like deeper? You can like you deeper? make it sound deeper. more professional? Than that. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Jack, you start. Oh, great. <laughs> toss, the, toss the rock over That's here. Right. So baton, no, baton. I will yeah. fumble it gladly. Uh, I guess short intro. Reason I'm here is I think the reason we're all here, uh, not to get over spiritual because the Lord brought us here. And so curious how this is going to go because uh, at the end of the day, often walk more of a stumble. Walk started about five years ago uh, by the Lord. And from that, somehow here, I uh, got an amazing <laughs> wife who helps along the way. Thankful for her. We got a new baby. Uh, and ultimately, I guess one of the reasons I'm here is supposedly talking about local ministry, which again, fumbling through. Uh, but maybe one reason is Agape Grounds down mm-hmm. the corner from us for any listeners who aren't local. It's a coffee trailer. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, that's the short intro. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, we'll hear more about the coffee trailer for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're drinking it right now. Some of you are drinking it. I didn't drink my coffee. That's a big mistake. <laughs> All right. My name is Andrew. Uh, my story is, is a little longer. Uh, let's see. Grew up in a solid Christian home. Um, grew up just loving to serve and wanting to serve God with my life and trying to figure out what that uh, looked like. Um, ended up as a youth pastor here, actually, for a couple of years at Cornerstone, and then Cornerstone sent us away. <laughs> Get him out of here. Okay, we're done with you. Go. No, um, so I married my, my wonderful wife. We've got four kids. Um, but we really felt that God was uh, leading us overseas as a family. So we spent uh, really the last 10 years in Albania as, as missionaries or global workers, whatever term you wanted to, uh, to call it, um, serving the church, the local church in uh, Korcha, Albania. So we worked with street kids and we worked with uh, abused girls. And that was our life for, for a better part of a decade. Ended up back here in California. And now I work with an organization that we partnered with in Albania, uh, World Venture. And I am training, teaching new missionaries how to, uh, how to go out, how to be successful, give them the tools that they need in an online context. So I manage all of the uh, online training for, for World Venture, for our new appointees and people on the field in their first term so that they can be successful in bringing the gospel into their local context. That's very cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
I'm taking notes. These guys are doing their notes, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know why I'm here. Ultimately, though, I mean, this is this is really exciting because I love the church, and we're talking about the church and global impact because of the church. Yeah, Uh, and it's a partnership. It's a beautiful partnership between local churches. Um, part of the the Big C Church, the global church, and how they all work together, and how God uses people, churches in different places to build His kingdom. It's beautiful. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's almost like you listened to the last episode. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and for the record, he did. I didn't. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> we almost yeah. had to postpone this, make him listen. To it. No, that's good. So, last episode, we talked about uh, what is the church, and we talked about the mission of the church, and we went on about that. And so, we came to the conclusion that Matthew chapter 28, uh, you know. The last two, three verses yeah. is a great yeah. um, mission that all churches should have in common. And so, and we realized that um, if we painted with the biggest brush possible, we would bring it down into two ways, local and foreign, mm. um, you know, like local where you're at and then, and then the rest of the world, right? And so um, we kind of called on you two because Andrew, you guys were foreign missionaries. You guys left where your people group yeah. and you went to a different people group in order to uh, do various things, but the, the ultimate goal is to spread the the news, the good news of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for his sins and redeeming his people back to himself. Um, and then we have Jack here who is kind of on the opposite end of that, very local and is engaging the community in a very unique way. And so just kind of looking at these, these two, you know, broad brush strokes of foreign and local. And we realize there's a lot of in-between and, and variances and creativity involved in that and callings into that. But So I guess what I'd like to do is just hear what your guys' ministry was and is and was and is, right? So Andrew um, Andrew had a shift recently. Yes. And so go through both of those. And then Jack, you know, what you explain to us how this coffee trailer works for the kingdom. Sure. Well, I'll let you, Andrew, go first, but I think it's beautiful what you're bringing up is actually the connection between local and global. Absolutely. And I'm sure Andrew will touch on that as well when he was in Albania and you have to have local support. And as much as Mm. we are local here in our community in Northern California, our goal is to make an impact in Haiti abroad. So I think there's a beautiful connection and it's all part of God's design too. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is absolutely cool. And we, uh, I think that there's often, especially people who grew up maybe in smaller local churches and they, <laughs> who was that? <laughs> Sorry, my phone went off. You could have, wow. you had to call it out. Come back, yeah, oh, wait. Come back in. We were laughing. Oh my gosh. You said it would be one episode. Now I know which buttons are which. We're in trouble now. The gift of self-control. Sanctification is in its work. That's right. That's right. It's a process. It's a process. Now, what I was saying was, I forget what I was saying, I think, but then the big, the big church, big C church, global believers across the world, we're one body. Um, we are members of local small churches uh, across the world, but it's it's we're one body of believers, and that's the cool thing about serving. We were serving with um, with another local church in Albania, um, but we had the support and partnership of many uh, individuals and small churches uh, across mainly across California, but um, that were really a part of that work. We couldn't have been in Albania working with the church there without the partnership of people who are praying and mm. giving um, across the world, really. And it's, 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 so it's a, it's a group effort. <laughs> it's a united effort. It's not us over there doing our thing. It's not you here doing your thing. It's us working together where God has yeah. called us as a church, as a body. Um, so what did that look like for me? We were uh, in a city of about 80,000 people. We worked with the local church there. It was the Korcha Evangelical Church. 
and our mission was to reach into the community. Um, and our particular job, my wife and I, was uh, working with street kids, working with kids who were um, at risk of abuse or inactive abuse, uh, as well as running a, a safe home for, for girls. So that was our piece of that, but it was a ministry of the local church. It wasn't us there doing our thing. It was, it was we were part of the body there, um, and part of the ministry of the body there was running these outreaches to, to these groups of people that were, that were really uh, in desperate need. So we met that need by reaching out in, in physical ways, meeting physical needs, food, providing shelter and care where that was, uh, where that was necessary, you know, working with the government and advocating for these kids. But all of it was built around a desire to, to share Christ with them. I mean, it wasn't us just there going, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take you out of this, this crummy situation we're in and leave you on a direct pathway still to hell. I mean, let's I have to be realistic mm-hmm. that there is eternal consequences to, to our actions, lack of actions. And, and um, so we, we were very careful to, to build our, our projects, um, disciple our people in a way that, that um, focused on discipleship on making disciples there but we were working with street kids and still discipling them discipling people around us trying to 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 help them grow in their faith or introduce them to christ and that was what it was all about awesome jack show us the other side of this yes definitely and maybe before going into the what and i was kind of reflecting a little bit walking over here and hopefully don't uh, botch any words that come across as they shouldn't as I'm speaking, because uh, I am known for doing that. But before getting to the <laughs> what, uh, I think important to emphasize the why, at least what's on my heart and what I loved how you touched on in the last episodes of you know what God does through the church. And if I was to take a step back and think, well, the why to me at a very basic, simple level is to glorify God. Absolutely. And so how then do we do that? And throughout the Bible, there's all sorts of ways that that is done and God does that. But I go, again, from a simplicity standpoint, and what God has always put on my heart is Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before others so that they see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. So glory to the Father in heaven, well, the first part of that is maybe our call being a light and shine. And uh, not necessarily this little light of mine on my finger, but what does that actually mean? Can we put some teeth behind it? And a little Mm -hmm. bit of word study around it too. And light, Greek word, phos. And phos meaning illumination, an eminence from it. And if we think of God as light in 1 John 1, 5, it speaks to his nature in us reflecting as a way of glorifying him. And then the verb of that is shine. And shine, uh, really, uh, the other Greek word being lampo, no surprise where we get lamp from. But if we think of ancient context, they didn't have electricity, so their lamps were torches. And so this word lampo comes from torches to really give light. And so when we think of what we're supposed to do is essentially in a dark, broken world since the fall, all of us sinners, can we make that a little bit lighter, brighter place, the luminosity by showing that torch and really then from that reflecting the nature of God. So when I think of the why, whether it's local or global, to glorify God and how we do that is through our good deeds, but important to call out, and I know everyone in this room agrees too, that it is not a works-based salvation because it's only by Christ's sacrifice Mm -hmm. on the cross through his blood propitiation, are we saved through that good news of the gospel? But we can't stop there. And we can't just rest in this, oh, I'm saved, stop. But then we can't have dead faith either. So then the works and the question I would pose too, because I constantly have to check my heart and every morning from a sanctification standpoint, because a lot of pride can come up from ministry, at least for me. 
And so then I have to think, well, am I ministering? Am I trying to do this cool spiritual stuff to sound good and get blessed? Or is it coming from a place of overflow because I know how blessed I am to be saved by the creator of the universe, those Ephesians riches, that eternal treasure. And when I wake up and accept that as the gift from God and let that flow, then let that be his light shining, not mine little light. And so when I think of the why, I think of Matthew 5, 16, to glorify God and let that shine. Uh, and that's what we try to do in our little local, you know, small part in the in the bigger play. No, that's good. That's awesome. That's good. I think yeah. we can just wrap it up there. Yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> pray and go home. <laughs> We're good. good sermon, no, Jack. That's what I, you just took out. Yeah, half of what was was uh, was for the, for ni- next, right? It was that's that's the reason behind we. Uh, that's the reason we do what we do. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we did what we did. Uh, and it is really important not to forget that, that our, uh, the outflow of our life needs to be, if it's, if it's in true worship to God, it needs to be from an overflow of, of his presence in our lives. And yeah. That's, that's important. Yeah. That's good. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about the coffee trailer. Like, what does it do? I actually How have do to talk about it? coffee. I can't just <laughs> geek out on the word. No, I'm, I'm, I think it'd be cool. I want to hear uh, this. It's very strategic, right? So let's hear about it. Sure. Thanks for making us sound smarter than we are by <laughs> calling it strategic. Uh, but essentially, agape grounds, and for listeners who don't know, familiar with the agape word, the love of God, uh, sacrificial love representing Christ's love on the cross. And so for us, then again, uh, after we go through the why, well, there's a lot of ways of how that actually comes to life practically, as Andrew was talking about meeting needs. And so on a real practical level, uh, coming to our town, small town, and the only coffee shop in town, um, RIP to Grumpy Jeff's coffee spot, but still go check out his other business in town. But unfortunately from COVID, like many others suffered, fell. And so that was um, a little sign, but before that, uh, it really was placed on my heart and to Brian, put him on the spot as well. I think it's beautiful how COD works because uh, you and your vision this is a big part of it as far as what God put on your heart a long time ago as yeah. well yeah. for this coffee thing. So that was pretty crazy. It is pretty Independently crazy. Independently the same idea. Exactly. And if I get anything in out of this podcast, I do want to talk about the power of testimonies at some point uh, because it's beautiful from how God put on your heart yeah. and my heart. We didn't even know each other years ago and now it's come to be. But to answer your question, finally, it is a nonprofit coffee trailer called Agape Grounds in town. And really, we serve up Joe so that ultimately we can be giving and providing for the needs of others, both locally and we focus on youth, uh, as well as in Haiti, which is where we source our fair trade coffee from another nonprofit out there. Uh, so a variety of coffee drinks, but you're not going to get your foo-foo-ness as much as Starbucks. That's right. Uh, if you need that, go up the street. We're here to also rec- uh, recognize that not everyone has the delight and ease of coming across to multiple flavors of syrups when they do anything for a meal. Because for me and where this all sparks from is my first trip to Haiti. Uh, I've been going there for the last seven years. Heard about, again, the testimony of the missionaries down there who, when they arrived, saw kids eating ash off the street. Mm-hmm. So desperate to a level of eating ash. And so for us, if we can provide means through meeting a very practical basic need in the community, like coffee and baked goods, shout out to CJ's wife and Eighth Acre Farm. <laughs> she owns a business, yeah, actually. She owns a business. I'm an employee of yes. her business. Yeah. Yes. I, I heard Somebody's... your reviews coming up soon. So. <laughs> she tells me you... <laughs> no raise for you. Uh, annual review for CJ it is honey. She gave yeah. me a little tricycle with a basket to deliver her baked goods on. <laughs> Wonderful. So that's a quick answer. Yeah. I don't know if that covers what you're looking for. Yeah. And, and, and you said it. I just, I just want to make make sure that uh that it was heard that basically 
there's several layers of the ministry. One is a practical need. The other one is that we are perch. You are purchasing the coffee from Haiti, supporting um, a group that that is their source. Their, that's their economy from where they're at. Like they need that income. And so you buy your coffee from them. And then also then we, then you sell it here in your nonprofit and you donate back locally into the community. And then also, um, give back over to Haiti yet again after that. And so that's kind of like the, the cycle. And so you're conquering, um, on, on the first layer, um, this, these practical needs of people, you know, from kids eating ash on the ground to parents, um, and families having an economy to, um, to be able to live off of by farming these beans. It's like this big circle of providing for, for them. Yeah, exactly. And I'd love to hear Andrew's thoughts on this because I think there's um, a wrong way to go about it, which is to just go in and force and beat people over the head with a Bible and hand out some water bottles. Uh, and you can actually do more damage if you're not aware of the cultural context. And again, this is a shout out to United Christians International, the nonprofit that we work with down there, who has been down there with locals creating a sustainable cyclical approach to mm-hmm. ministry so that it's actually empowering the locals and then they can leave. And that ultimately we aren't even down there. We're just purchasing some things, but we're supporting local farmers who are then supporting their families in a local economy that is plagued by corruption down there. But if we can just play our part of, as you're bringing out, Brian, someone here in Ion or in our county comes by and buys a cup, they're supporting kids down there. And it's a lot of give and take is, you know, we see, um, the horizontal side of the cross, the loving others, mm-hmm. and we're doing it together in a sustainable way. Well, I think you said something that's worth taking a moment and hitting again. And that is that there is a, a missionary force in Haiti. And the thing that you mentioned that I like that I know Andrew, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Andrew's just chomping at the bit, Come but, on. <laughs> Put me in, but that having not coming in and uh, kind of Americanizing um, the church, but, but serving and supporting a local church to then to engage their community for Christ also, because I think sometimes we go in, um, we have good motives, we mess everything up and then we leave and we didn't train anybody to take over after we left, which actually you guys did a bit in your ministry. Talk about that. Significantly. Yeah, you're absolutely right about creating something that's sustaining uh, on the field. You know, we can fly in, throw out a bunch of water bottles, feed some kids and fly back home. But if there's nobody, if there's nobody on the ground there, if there's no local church that's been started and is, is growing and able to reach and replicate itself, uh, you're, you know, you haven't really accomplished a whole lot. You did more uh, damage. You, in, in part, <laughs> yeah, it's, you've done nothing maybe. I mean, yeah. you, it, damage in the fact that you might have returned back to the States or wherever your home country is and be like, Oh yeah, we did a great job. Yeah. We're awesome. And like, but what actually happened? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're what we're after is life change. What we're after is is hearts that are seeking after Christ. And so I think the best way to do that is to partner with with local churches and local churches in the, the place or the, the country that you're looking at serving. If that doesn't exist, then you send people for a long enough period of time mm-hmm. to start a church. And then mm-hmm. you partner with them long term and say, we've got your back. We're here for you. I think that is by far the best model. Uh, that's the model that we worked under in Albania. I know that that's the, the model that, that World Venture is. It's all about, we are all about church partnership. You know, it's not it's not us as an organization now sending people over. It's us partnering with local churches, mm-hmm. bringing people that local churches are sending, and we are a vehicle for that. But it's the local church in America or wherever that is sending a missionary to another local church or to a place where a church is going to be started. Um, we're kind of the conduit there, mm-hmm. but it's it is it's it's the local church. It's the body doing the work of of the Father. Yeah. 
So another question, a question to uh, further drill down into something. So providing girls a safer place to live is something God would want us to be doing. Uh, sending money to families in Haiti is something God would want us to be doing. But what is, how does the gospel get to both of your areas? And I know it does. Um, I just want, I just want to talk about that now. Like what is, how does, how does um, Albania and how does Haiti receive the gospel through what you guys are doing? Make that connection for our listeners. Sure. I'll start. All right. So the church we were working with in Korcha, uh, the ministries that we, we ran for the street kids and uh, for the street kids and the girls um, were just two of kind of a whole bag of, of ministries that the local church was involved in. Um, we ran an elderly care home. We ran um, summer camps, English camps, um, church camps for kids. So we were involved throughout the community. Um, and we were very strategic in, in what we did and why we did it. Uh, we had kind of some of the, on the humanitarian side or physical needs side mm-hmm. that, that weren't just on the social aspect, but they were, they were meeting needs that I, I believe we've been um, instructed by scripture to meet, you know, take care of the orphan and the widow, those, those sorts of pictures. But again, it was a ministry of the church. So it was the church saying, we are in the community meeting these needs and building relationships. And as we're doing that, we're communicating Christ. And that mm-hmm. does a couple things. One, it allows uh, ministry opportunities for people within the church. So there were, there were, oh, that's good. there were programs there ready to programs, ministries, um, groups of people, you know, living <laughs> out the gospel uh, that would say, yeah, you know, if you, you feel like you've been called to, to work with kids here, we've got a spot for you work, work with, work with kids. Um, and we would train people up within the church to do that. It also, allowed us as an organization, if you will, or as a church to be recognized or visible in the community doing something proactive and doing something that was, that was necessary. So it gave us, um, a positive image. It was that light, you know, the Jack you were talking about, be a light. It was a light. We were Mm -hmm. light. We were, we were kind of the only people doing what we were doing and we were doing it, um, not to get rich and not to milk the government for money or which was, you know, and the community probably saw that, right? Because that was probably prevalent. Yeah, that was very prevalent. And it was, uh, we talked about long-term sustainability kind of strategy a little bit. Uh, but that's something that took kind of decades to, to establish, you know, the church there, um, in Korsha with the the foundation we were working with is, you know, they're running on 25 years or so. Mm. And it probably took, a solid 15 just to really establish roots and uh, establish enough of a rapport within the, the government agencies. Like these guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, they're still not milk on the system and doing, you know, dealing under the table. They're mm-hmm. doing, they're doing what they say they're going to do. They're doing it without bribing the system and they're still here and they still loving these kids and they're still taking care of these old folks and they're still running a medical clinic, you know, all, all of these things that we were involved in. So, the the social side of things um, both was a conduit for people to serve as well as a light into the community as well as meeting the needs of people who were broken and needed needed help and and in those um, times we were able to build relationships and share the gospel gotcha so it's 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 within those relationships and that that door was opened yeah and uh, yeah. Fr- from the person that's like hey why are these guys doing that so different. Nobody acts like that. That yeah. relationship starts too. like you stepping in and saving kids from yeah. murderous homes sometimes yeah. 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 and yeah. developing that relationship. And then you can talk to them about who Jesus is and what sin yeah. is and what forgiveness yeah. is and all that. That was, that was our piece, but the church as a whole, they also did direct evangelism. Yeah. You know, they open yeah. air, they did open air, you know, the whole, uh, uh, drawing boards and telling mm-hmm. stories of, of who Jesus is and how we're separated from him. And we did all of that. Mm. Um, and it really was, you talked about calling and sort of purpose. Well, 
we got to the point where we had people who were, were called in different areas, were, were gifted in different areas. So we had the storyboard teams, we had the VBS teams, we had the kids ministry teams, we had the medical clinic teams. So, you know, it was just, uh, but it was all done um, strategically to, to, to share the gospel and to allow people to serve, um, serve the father. Right on. Beautifully said. Uh, so follow they, that, Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no, so like, so we have lattes. We, have <laughs> we just no, got raspberry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone want a muffin? Uh, on a serious note, if yeah. we're talking about the how, after going through the why, the how is well, God's going to accomplish His purposes, uh, but He's going to yeah. do that through men and women. Mm-hmm. And and if I'm going to leave it with one word, it's actually going to come down to obedience. And I want to call on one of my heroes of the Bible, Noah. But before I do that, to answer your question simply of how does the gospel get out, whether it's in Haiti or here, well, it's through people who are sharing the gospel. If it's yourself on a pulpit yeah. or um, Pastor Jean-Jean down in Haiti, who we support, and he's doing proclamations weekly, or the kids coming to the nutrition center who mm-hmm. are hearing the word as well, or when we go once a year to the summer, organize a soccer camp with 500 plus kids, and I have the privilege and honor to proclaim the gospel then, that's maybe a direct way. So let me take a moment right to interrupt you because that's kind of the way I am sometimes, I guess. Bring but it. you're <laughs> saying there's a time that 500 kids, the staff, the coaches are there and with all of them listening with your, you know, I don't know in the picture, right? the speaker seemed 12 foot tall or something. You get to share with all of them um, who Jesus is and what he has done, uh, how sin is taken care of, how somebody can be made right in the eyes of the Lord again. You get to do that. And then in addition to that, speaking of like the people on the ground, the locals, then there are churches and locals there that can then continue that development, continue that relationship and, uh, and disciple them. And so you have get you been working on it this whole time because <laughs> you just nailed it. But that is uh, case in point of of why we go, and the, it's a testament yeah. to God's work throughout the years and how He's evolved it from us literally just botching it the first time, trying to control everything. To then, you know, seven years later, we did have the opportunity to not just proclaim to the five hundred young men who are going to be the ones that are going to rise up in that generation, but also to probably another fifteen hundred to two thousand of their families and friends who came to the games to watch. And that picture you're referencing was us in this janky back of a truck sound system, <laughs> and we were able to share the gospel at that point. And over the years, have seen I think over sixty now accept uh, the call. But this isn't just to like us feel good. Yeah. Okay. Altar call. A few people walked up. No, after following up, getting names, contact information, connecting them with the pastors, because we also invite the local pastors from every team, because these teams are coming from villages far out for their one opportunity to play one legit game. And so then when they come up, we take their contact information, we plug them with the pasture and we make sure they're being followed up and discipled so that it is planting deeper roots. And that is the That's ultimate so cool. opportunity and, and why we do what we do. So if we can serve cups of coffee to support that. But again, I have to go to the real how because I want to touch the hearts of listeners right now who maybe feel, well, I don't have a coffee trailer or I don't have this big Albania, Albania you know, ministry or, or anything. Well, at the end of the day, again, it goes back to obedience. And I want to just touch on Noah here in Genesis because I think many people know about the flood and pre-flood. But what I was digging into is Noah's obedience in that Yes, Moses was maybe obedient leading his people, but he often maybe griped a little bit or complained about his lack of speech. But when we read, and I was reading back in it again this morning, God basically said, look, I'm going to wipe everyone out, but you have found favor in my eyes because you are righteous and blameless. 
So that's a key right there for us. We should be pursuing righteousness, not works themselves. Pursue righteousness. And it also said that Noah walked with God. Other than that, we don't hear anything until later in the verse after God has literally said, look, make this ark, make it this big, use these materials. This is how you're going to do it. Goes on and on. And all it says is in Genesis 6.22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And then God falls back up with, this is how you're going to repopulate the world with animals. And he gives them a bunch more instructions. And then in verse 7-5, it says, Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Yep. That's it. We don't hear of anything else. So when I think about obedience, like, yeah, maybe the Daniels and Stevens who had some more courageous acts, but a guy who was tasked with <laughs> repopulating from God's point of view, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all it says is he did it and he was obedient. And I want to make sure people listening don't think like I'm Mr. Obedient either because I botch it daily. But I think if we're going to pursue something, it's it's righteousness and our relationship with the Lord and that overflow and let that drive how then ultimately, okay, sure, coffee trailer because God provided in his provision and then he also provides means for the coffee and it's sustainable and then people donating when they're sipping are supporting Pastor Jean Jean who's proclaiming the gospel on a weekly basis to local believers. So yeah. I, I, I lay it up to obedience and letting God do what he's going to do. So you're saying that if people are asking like where do I start with something like this? You're saying start with you, your relationship with Christ, your obedience to the word to the Lord and go from there. Walk in front of the mirror, check your heart and, and see what the Lord might be trying to first remove yeah. before he puts you out in the field. Because we also don't just want anyone out in the field. And maybe this is too provocative, but frankly, like I don't want to be walking arms with somebody who is constantly stuck in something. And that's going to mm. give the devil a crack. Because when we're talking about places like Haiti, where voodoo is rampant, and I've met witch doctors who've been transformed, like... You need to, I'm not saying necessarily be perfect by all means, because we are all sinners, but I think before we get too caught up with coming up with some cool ministry and a YouTube and a, <laughs> yeah. you know, cool logo and everything, like first let's check our hearts mm -hmm. and what does Lord want to do through us first yeah. so that then the overflow is going and we can walk confidently in his promises and purposes. Yeah. yeah and you're pointing out something, there's good. a difference between uh, Moses saying like, hey, uh, I'm not very good at this versus um versus somebody that is basically living in sin, right? That, that they're like, we're not going to be perfect in, in any way, oh, yeah. but that there are, so that not being perfect and being like, I'm not good enough for this. You're probably right. That's why we're we trust in the Lord. Yeah, right? We're all very yeah. unqualified. What is the, what is the Paul trip? He says, God doesn't call people who are, are qualified or competent. Yeah. yeah he qualifies he, the unqualified. I was like yeah, making yeah. flyers for uh, a prison. Now we're today. preaching. Now we're preaching. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I got, making got, like, flyers for a here, prison earlier. <laughs> like I'm like trying to figure out a fridge and a freezer. I'm, I should no be nowhere near this stuff. Like I'm not handy for that at all. Yeah. But to your point, I think it's, it's not necessarily that we need to be perfect by any means. It's just being willing and available. Let him work what he's going to do. Dude, when I met you, I don't even think you owned a hammer. I and then, and then I saw you out here <laughs> driving a backhoe. I could not believe you just said that. <laughs> you should have no, seen his hammer. Listen, <laughs> listen, because the story concludes with him driving a backhoe <laughs> over here, true. digging up like old plumbing and stuff. Yeah. To Still get doesn't the have a hammer. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've never driven a backhoe. Yeah. Yeah. I, cool. I literally so, told him one time with the backhoe, I'm like, bro, you're too close to your dress. He's, <laughs> he's trying to hold okay, a cup okay, of coffee okay. with the bucket. So we're talking a little bit about the why, right? Right. And so we've talked about, yeah, it needs to flow out of relationship, but the, the bigger picture, why, you know, showed, shown to us in revelation where we've got, mm -hmm. we know, we know the end of the story. You know, we've talked about the beginning of the story, even with, you know, creation and then, you know, Noah, 
comes along and has to repopulate the earth. And God continues to, to weave um, the story throughout Scripture of, of using people, of calling people for his service, of making his name known throughout the nations, all throughout the Old Testament, um, so that he can be glorified, so that he gets the glory. But we know how it ends, because we see in Revelation where several times it's talking about this massive group of people. I, mean, that's, I don't know how else to say it. You know, billions of people um, worshiping the Father, and it says that there are people from every tribe and every mm-hmm. tongue and mm-hmm. every nation worshiping the Son. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't give you a little bit of chills, like, like God loves his people. God wants relationship with his people. And we know that right now there are over 6,200-something um, people groups in the world that have never heard the name of Christ. That's over 3 billion people that are alive today have never been introduced to Christ and have never come across anybody who's who's introduced them to Christ. So, so let me pause th- there. Yeah, okay. Because, I, th- yeah, because I, that's one of my questions <laughs> right. was that. But let me read <laughs> so this that's first. The why. That's the why. Right? No, no, it's, it's good. A, it's all good stuff right here. I want to read this because I think it needs to be read. And then let's jump into And then you continue right where you left off. So oh, don't, okay. don't lose where you okay. were, okay? okay. People, right. groups. People, groups. People, people groups. People groups. People groups. People groups. Okay, so if, if the world, if we need to fulfill the mission, right, that is uh, – Articulated make, in Matthew, go right? Go make disciples. Go make yeah. disciples, yeah. baptizing them and right. teaching them to obey Which those, the, the commands. The, the bigger key there is the making the disciples part. But yeah. as you do that, as you become yeah, transformed into the image of Christ, you have this burning passion to do something about it, yeah. right? So you go. Yeah, you may so, not go to the ends of the earth, but you may go to the end of your block. But yeah. You go someplace. You do something. Yeah. So to fulfill this, we got local, yeah. we got foreign, and obviously uh, we talked a little bit about like the, the church. We didn't specifically talk about it, but like the local church and what we're finding out is that missions are utilizing local churches right that's kind of one of the connections we're trying to really hit because that's the local church i would say the local church is doing mission bingo so then that would include that means cornerstone church here in ion california um, is preaching the word um, the good news uh, through agape the the good news is going forth through a missionary through world venture the the good news is going forth. And so, and then you just brought up unreached people groups and I want you to talk about that. So right. get your fact, because I know you already know the numbers. Uh, no, I do, not in here, but yeah. I did, so I did, so, so, so <laughs> let, let me read this. This is right. Romans chapter right. 10. Uh, I think it's going to be 11 through 15. Um, it says, as the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord over all and richly blesses all who call upon him for Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we know that. We believe that. Then verse 14 and 15 says this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, and then it quotes this, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so... They're not only are our, our, our missionaries currently bringing the good news to people that we, we would consider our, our reached people groups, but there are still unreached people groups. I want you to explain what that is, too, because our listeners might not know what unreached people groups are. And so there are more missionaries that need to go, and because there are still unreached people groups, tell us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. An unreached, <clears throat> excuse me, an unreached people group is simply... Uh, a group that has never heard of, of Jesus before, who's never had either a missionary there or um, a person who's been able to share um, Christ with them. So they're, you're telling us there are, are people groups that have never heard of yeah. Jesus, don't have a Bible, no missionaries ever went, there's been no VBSs, there's yeah. no coffee stands there saying yeah. agape grounds, 6, that they, they don't know about Jesus. Correct. And can a reach yeah. people group 
fade back into being an unreached people group? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, Maybe we don't have to discuss yeah, it right that, now. That's, but that's a topic for that's that's a nice topic flex. for another time. Yes, <laughs> literally, I was just curious. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Actually, yeah. you, you, you do see uh, you do see some, especially some of the the larger Western countries that have fallen away. I think they the definition of a of a UPG or unreached people group is that has a fewer than two percent. Um, of the population has a sort of, uh, okay. anyway, yeah. so if it, if it hit that, that number, I think that would be pretty hard to do, but it, I suppose it's theoretically possible. Okay. Um, but they're currently, so yeah, I did actually have, so 6,741, if you want to put a number on it, uh, unless there's a new missionary someplace I don't know about, uh, unreached people groups, that's over 3 billion people and over 42% of the current, uh, world population. That's has, way has, more than I thought. That's crazy. It's, it's Three billion. It's, it's insane. And it gets what gets wow. crazier is you think about, you think about this isn't this is the wrong podcast for this one. I'll bring it, but but resources. How do we use our resources? How do we use our time? How do we use our money? Yeah, I've got five points here on on how people can be involved. Hit them all um, right now. No, no, no. It's a, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> right, so, well, the first one, the first one is is knowing the word. I mean, and mm. this is this is especially for for pastors uh, in our context right now so america uh, in the united states know the word and preach the word you've got to preach the word if you don't know what the word says if you're not being transformed by the word you're not going to know how to go and live into the world mm. and so that's that's huge you've got to be in the word you've got to be preaching the word and you've got to be uh you got to be in it um committing yourselves to, to to corporate prayer and fasting this is how the early church sort of functioned. They prayed together. They fasted t- together, and they they sought the Lord and pleaded with Him to make His will, you know, known. Mm-hmm. And, and then they did it. Um, giving sacrificially. This is a podcast in and of itself, and I can say this because you know it's it's hard for the senior pastor to hit giving all the time. But this <laughs> is a big one. This is a big one. How do we use our our resources? Resources being money. You know the. Not to bash Christians, but Christians in America only give two percent more to any to to global causes or local causes than than non Christians, including tithing. So two percent more than than non Christians. Yeah, that's that's way out of whack. And if you take it a step further and drill down a little bit and look specifically into how our um, dollars that are given to missions, specifically for missions, how are those spent? Mm-hmm. You know, if our goal is to reach unreached people and share Christ with them, you would think that, you know, a pretty good percentage of our money you'd want to go towards that, right? Tell well, me this. It's, it's what one, percentage of the <laughs> money well, goes to the unreached yeah, people oh, group? It's funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, $1 out of every $1,000 goes to That's oh my people. Goodness. That's crazy. And, and the, the, the portion or the percentage of sort of total dollars given that actually goes to, to missions. So that's $1 out of every $1,000 is already designated towards towards missions. Yeah. But the missions number is only like 6%. Uh, so that in and of itself is already, you're talking like a sliver of a sliver yep. of a sliver mm-hmm. that actually goes. So where it, just to be aware, where am I spending your money? I think uh, um, you know, we'll come back and we can talk about that another time. But I think Americans spend more on, on Halloween costumes for their dogs. Or coffee. They're, they're, no, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Shots fired. Then they, <laughs> then they do on the global mission. Yeah. You know, and that's... that's uh, I remember hearing so somebody say if, if America right? spent the money that they typically spend on Christmas gifts for each other yes. and they donate it to fixing the water problem, that the water problem around the world... Would be yeah. completely fixed yeah. forever. It's it's a hard it's a hard gut check. I mean, yeah. and that's we're all we're all kind of can float into these categories of, yeah, you know yeah. what? I, I probably shouldn't spend money on that. I should spend it someplace else. It's a tough one. I think uh, Jesus spends. Yeah, you still drink your coffee. Uh, you know, Jesus <laughs> talks more about money than he does love. 
you know, look it up. It's, it's important because it's, you know, where our, where our money is, our hearts will follow. Um, so give sacrificially, sacrificially give, go find, find a way to give money to, so that unreached people can hear the gospel, uh, for ascend or go yourself. So if you're a church, send missionaries. If you're a person and you're listening, you're like, man, you know, I could never do that. Well, Maybe you can. Maybe you are listening to this today, and maybe it's not, I'm going to go for the next 20 years, but maybe it's, I want to find a church to partner with, mm-hmm. and I want to go for the summer, or I want to go for a month. I want to make an impact. You know, we can, uh, let me know. We've, we've got, <laughs> we, can, we can fit you in. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can put you to work uh, and allow you to serve, um, yeah, in one of these areas. Uh, so send or go, and then work hard and care. This one's self-serving, or was back when I was on the field, but... Um, Work hard to care for, serve, or be a blessing to those mm-hmm. who are in cross-cultural ministry, as it's it has some some particular challenges. You know, being on the field and going into a new culture, leaving your your home culture and your family, and it just uh, it can be pretty challenging. So, as as a church, as an individual, build relationships with people who are who are overseas, who are in those places, and figure out you know pray for them, send them a letter of encouragement. Uh, I can say, speaking from experience, that you know Cornerstone is, was amazing at that. Just the, the the support that we felt when we were over there from this church kept us going. Mm, you know, and there were times when it was like we're we're done, we can't do this anymore, and we get a call or we get a letter. You know, you're, Yvonne, if you're out there, you know, we get a, we get a letter from Yvonne yeah. just talking about life and saying she's praying for us and thinking about about us, and that was extremely powerful. Um, so do that. And, uh, you know, when, when we were back in home assignment, you guys took care of us when we were back, when we needed a place to stay, you did that. So mm-hmm. if you're another church listening to this, support your missionaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, if you're thinking out there, Oh, you know what? I, I've got a summer home. I could put somebody up for a couple months and help them out. You know, there's, there are ways to use resources, what you have to, to encourage and enable people who are in uh, overseas work as well. So yeah, yeah those are my five. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Or do you have something? No, go for yeah. it. Okay. Uh, so how do you guys, keep the primary thing primary Mm. you know like the the great commission right i think i'd like to think that we all start off with that as the primary thing but have you guys ever felt like the um the tools by which we accomplish the great commission overtaking the actual mission right so the practicalities the scheduling so you're telling like the well builders pretty much are just they they just end up building wells and never preach the gospel yeah Yeah. like 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 you know the digging trenches for plumbing and You know, mm-hmm. you know, getting things squared away with county and regulations and going yeah. overseas and, you know, yep. all of those strategic things. How do you keep that from overtaking? That's a great question. Uh, I think that it it has to be. Um, it starts not that it starts and ends with prayer, but prayer has got to be a piece of it. I just actually today sent this sent this quote to my to my wife. Uh, it's uh, by J. Hudson Taylor it says, do not work so hard for Christ that you have no strength to pray. For prayer requires strength. You know, part of that, part of it is is maintaining, um, maintaining your prayer life and being able to take time aside and and feed your soul and and keep that connection between you and the Father um, vibrant. Uh, there have been times um, when we were on the field, when I was on the field, perking, speaking from personal experience, where we were in rough spots. You know, I was super spiritually dry, and I didn't know how to pray anymore. You know, it was like mm. we were dealing with situations that were so hard to, to actually pray about them took more energy than I had. And so I stopped praying, you know, and then it becomes, then it does become a pattern and you're like, what, where am I? You end up in this place where, where you can, you can forget, you know, what is, 
primarily important, which is first off, it's your relationship with the Lord. And so you need to, you need to build, um, you need to build a pattern into your life where you're both self-evaluating and where you're being open and honest with somebody else, um, where they can look into your life and say, Hey, you know what? Take a step back, you know, take a few days off and go on a mountain and pray. Um, and that is, uh, that is super important. Um, so I would say be in prayer, but be evaluating your, your life and have other people who are also intimate enough with you where they can look in and say, Hey, this is, you know, don't take a step back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Because I know that, I mean, in very practical things come up, like CJ mentioned, you know, like digging trenches, the refrigerator goes out and pretty soon you're wrapped up in all the, and so, you know, I think good, it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear your side of that. Sure. Yeah. And amen to what Andrew said as well as again, it goes back to what I shared earlier, which is the vertical before the horizontal and your personal relationship with the Lord. How's your quiet time? Yeah. Is he nourishing you? Yeah. Because it's, it's a receiving. And if we're exerting out of self-will again, we're probably going to do more damage. And so for me, if I was going to say one word, if it's after obedience, it's remember. Mm. Remember is a powerful word because Lord knows how forgetful I am of the blessings that he just bestowed an hour ago, yesterday, the last five years. And so when I think of the word testimony and how powerful it is to remember, first remember the gospel that you are saved by what Christ did on that cross and you have eternal rewards and relationship with him into heaven. And if that's not enough, then I think we need to check our hearts, but then remember what else he's done that you woke up today, that you had food and water, that you have probably some people around who care about you and know that you're probably in the top upper echelon of, you know, top 10% of the world who has that. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of remember, I think of into your question, which I think is a great one, CJ is the power of testimony. And if I want to get anything across, it's that because, um, from a agape grounds, very practical standpoint, praise God for what he's been doing. Our amazing team led by our amazing manager, Shelby. Uh, but simple things of putting an idea on your heart, Brian, and then on mine and bring it together to searching the nation for, okay, we want to do a coffee thing, but it's really hard to get a coffee trailer, especially one in California up to code. I'm finding them all over the place in Florida. And then, oh, next week, by the way, a coffee trailer is available for sale. Oh, and by the way, it's the exact same price of what I got in my tax returns last year. Oh, and you know, then a couple weeks later, our refrigerator goes out. But right before that, some guy randomly walks by and says, you know what? I feel like you're going to need $50. That happens to be basically the same amount of milk that we lost from our busted fridge like right. hours <laughs> later, or just like three days ago, a buddy of mine said the Lord put it on his heart to give us $500. Didn't know wow. what it was for, but wow. for my ministry. And I happened to tell him that by the way, we're putting in an ice machine that we can't afford, but out of obedience, we believe that God wants us to have an ice machine so we can better serve our community, especially in summer. Yeah. And it happens to be about $500. Mm. Yeah, so testimony, awesome. testimony. But yeah. if it's not just our practical testimonies with our little coffee thing, because maybe some listeners are wondering, wow, 3 billion is overwhelming. Or again, I don't have a ministry or I don't even know how to articulate the gospel, right? Well, there's some go-to verses. If we're talking Ephesians 2, 8 or 9, whatever that is, mm. as Andrew's talking about, getting the word, personal testimony. We all have that. What has God done in your heart to bring you to where you are? And when I think about the power of testimony, I think of, as you brought up, Revelation. And so we're in Revelation 12 here, and there's war going on in heaven. Michael and his archangels are taking on Satan. Satan gets tossed to the ground, and then all of a sudden John turns, and here's a voice, 1210. He says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters. That's us. That thought in your head all day that says you can't do it. That is the accuser, the devil. And it says who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled out. 
If you're listening, you're struggling at night, how can I do anything for the kingdom? Well, listen to this. It says, verse 11, they have triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And then later on, as Satan is tossed down into earth and it says he's now attacking the bride, us believers again, verse 17, then the dragon, Satan, was enraged at the woman and went off to war against the rest of her offspring. That is us, our offspring, raged against daily. Look in the news right now. And it says, those who keep God's command and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. So if you take any of this, think about the testimony and what God has done in your life and use that to reach people. Because when we're talking about the unreached, there's a lot right in our backyard too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good. So let's let's uh, let's try to summarize this, CJ. You want to you want to try to summarize the various points uh, that that we kind of discussed here. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about how the uh, the gospel has to remain central to what we're doing, right? Yeah. Um, the other things are means to accomplish the main goal. Uh, we talked about how you have to start with you, right, Jack? Like if we want to be powerfully used for God, then we have to have already been powerfully changed on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be regenerated and obedient to the Word. Um, and being sanctified ourselves before we start, and that we don't have to be a foreign missionary to a foreign country uh, to accomplish something big. We have local missionaries that are accomplishing things here, right? Mm-hmm. And that we're all one church um, working together for this mission, not these individual pieces. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Nailed it. So local church, local ministry, global missions, all trying to make Jesus famous and glorify the one true God. Yep. Amen. And do it with joy. If we can end oh, like, yeah, sometimes good. it can get heavy. Our fridge is down. We've got people hurting, whether yeah. it's in Haiti or Albania, and it can be draining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's not forget the joy of the Lord, right? Yeah. That is a beautiful thing to be a part of locking arms with the creator of the universe and pushing the kingdom and whooping on the devil. Like, yeah. let's do it with some joy. Let's do it with some joy. Here we go. Woo. I like it. If you're driving to work this morning right now, I mean. Stop by, get some coffee, and donate, and then get to work. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, start your day strong with some priority. Agape has strong coffee. Yeah, get that double shot. All right. Well, Andrew and Jack, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You made the show better. And with that, whoops. No. There it is. All right. Hey, thanks for coming, guys. Sorry.